I like having cartoons on. I like having my plushies around me. I like being in between my partner's lap. They'll tell me cute things like, you know, hey, good girl. Welcome back to Lustcast. Um, this week, I'm joined by Pixie Berry, who is an OnlyFans creator. And we're going to be talking about DDLG relationships. And it's a hugely controversial thing, like maybe the most controversial uh, kink or one of them, um, especially when it comes to porn as well. Um, so I'm Pixie. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks. And thanks so much for joining me. It was really hard to find someone to, to actually talk about this. So really appreciate you coming on. And, Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, and I hope that we can teach people, you know, what a DJLG relationship is, um, like how to actually go about it. And I'd really like to address some of like the myths and con- misconceptions about DJLG in general, because I think that will open people's eyes a lot. Of course. Um, and before we get into that, I just want to say to people, um, yeah, please subscribe, please like, please share, just please, you know, get us to as many people as we can, because it, you know, encourages us to keep making more episodes. Um. Yeah, so you're actually into DDLG as a lifestyle, or mm-hmm. and then it's also your work. Yes. And did one come before the other? Um, the lifestyle definitely came before the content. Um, mm. It was something that I just personally like enjoyed. Um, as you can see, I have like tons of plushies everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, it's just kind of how I've been uh, since becoming an adult. Um, and then it was like, okay, well, now that I'm a content creator, I can kind of bring this to the table. This is something that I enjoy. Um, why not, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. And it's like, um, and especially all the controversy around it just really fascinates me. But I think before we just get into that, um, let's just talk about like what DDLG actually means. So it stands for Daddy Dom Little Girl is my understanding. Yes. Yes. So, I think we just um, hit on why it's controversial <laughs> right there. So, I mean, obviously people kind of have like a distaste for that when they first come across it because, you know, it's like, ooh, that sounds a little risky, um, you which think is it's, understandable, it's, 100%. It's 100, understandable. Um, yeah. But the major thing is that it's two consenting adults. It's a part of BDSM. You know, it follows all the same rules, safe, sane, consensual. Um, so I think that automatically eliminates, you know, sort of kind of the undertone of it for it being mm-hmm. risky or taboo. Because at the end of the day, it's adults who are consenting. And that's that's it. Um, yeah. So Daddy Dom is essentially the person in the relationship that takes the nurturing and guiding role through um, the little girl who takes the submissive and sort of taking up um, and losing your control and giving it to the Dom. Mm-hmm. You're expecting that, you know, your Dom is going to be there for you. Um uh, in a nurturing or even a strict way, there's many types of of daddy doming, and even being a little girl. Um, 
I think that the standard relationship that people think of is like a very um, strict daddy dom who's like, you know, it's it's spanking, it's paddling every day. Like you're in trouble mm-hmm. every day. It's very it's very aggressive. Um, and then, you know, the, the little girl is expected to just be submissive and very, you know, uh, responsive to this. But that's not necessarily the case all the time. Yeah. Because, you know, there's bratty submissives who will, you know, kind of fight you for that control. Mm-hmm. Um, even if what they really want to do is give it up, you're not going to get it easily. Um, and then, of course, you have doms who are maybe not strict and are a lot more soft and a lot more nurturing in their approach. Um, and, of course, and then you have all the gender variants. You know, there's not just daddies. There's mommies. There's, there's non-binary people that participate. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for the little role. Um, and it's like people expect them to be older as the dom or be bigger as the dom, like, you know, and once again, not always the case. I know plenty of people who, you know, don't look like that standard kind of typical stereotypical relationship. It's just, that's not the case. There's so many variants and so many dynamics. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if DDLG has like penetrated different aspects of society like maybe without people even realizing it um because obviously like one of the most popular um podcasts at the moment is called like call her daddy um it's super fashionable for like girls to use the word daddy on tiktok and things like that but i wouldn't say they're into ddlg just because right. they're using it but they are using it in that bdsm sense and i don't think they're actually talking about their dads um you know and I, I think that's like the bit that's i think that it's the dad part that people struggle with in that aspect that um you know they don't understand that it's a role that it's um like a power transfer mm-hmm. it's like um authority not not actually a dad or fantasizing about a dad um and yeah, I think the little girl bit is probably the bit that stirs up the most controversy just because it's just the phrase, I think. Um, but I don't think there's a better phrase. Um, but I, I don't know. I think there's also this weird thing where um, people are like maybe afraid to like it, you know, like because um, a lot of things that are wrong are also hot, you know, like, <laughs> because it's taboo that kind of makes it more hot. And I know like in porn, obviously it's completely fine to dress someone up in a schoolgirl's uniform and film in a school, in a classroom. Um, but if you start, if you use the word little girl, suddenly it changes um, and it's not really allowed. So mm-hmm. the, just that, the idea that language changes things so much fascinates me. And I don't There's understand. There's a lot of semantics yeah. within it. Mm. Because, I mean, you know, you look at, you know, DDLG is just one of many subsets. I mean, there's so many things that you could do i mean mommy daughter i mean mommy boy um it's really just a mix and match um Mm. and the same is to be said for how people express that because you know a lot of people get started into it perhaps maybe non-sexually a lot of people maybe get introduced through a partner or form and find out that way Um, it's non-sexual common so that kind of comes to the age regression versus age play thing. Cause I know okay. some people kind of do it without a sexual component. And I think that's considered age regression and it's more okay. of like a therapy thing. 
Um, mm. And then, of course, you have age play, which is the actual, like, you know, okay, I'm getting off on this. This is, like, you know, a dynamic. This is a BDSM dynamic. Mm. Because that, that's really interesting. And, like, now I guess just to help people understand, like, actual DDLG relationships, like, it is an ongoing relationship. It's not just something... Mm-hmm that you play in in that moment like a is it different from other types of role play in that like it's something you do full-time rather than say just okay tonight I'm a teacher or something you know I don't know I'm sure that there's some people that take it on a night by night basis and of course Mm -hmm. that's fine some people aren't just you know uh the lifestyle aspect can be draining it's a lot to keep up with um yeah so I mean totally understandable um I think the more you are into it, the more likely that it is a lifestyle thing. Uh, you know, you look at things like collaring, um, mm-hmm. that definitely ties into lifestyle because, you know, that's something that you are now bringing from your private life into public. Uh, yeah, you yeah. can go out with like, you know, the discreet ones or I mean like a collar at home, um, to show ownership. And, you know, I have submitted control to my dom. Mm-hmm. Um, that certainly falls under lifestyle things, but I think it's perfectly fine to try it out maybe once a night and, you know, get into it. And if you don't like it, then, you know, it's totally fine. The th- thing that's interesting as well is like when people think daddy Dom, um, you immediately think like old man, right? Like you think dad age, but it doesn't have to be right. It could be Mm-mm. someone of any age. Right. Cause I, I, I had personal experience with that. Like if I think before I even knew about DDLG, I remember, I was filming a porn video and it was a threesome with um with one of my friends, a female friend. And she just the girl just suddenly started calling me daddy. And it threw me so much. Like it confused me so much because I was like, okay, I'm like five years older than you. <laughs> like, and <laughs> and I, I didn't know what to do. I just like kind of ignored it. Um but after when I was like, um, kind of at home and it got in my head a little bit. I was like, oh, that's kind of hot, but I wasn't sure why, you know. It was really interesting. I, I think it's just like the power thing or mm-hmm. it's this, um, it is very submissive, someone calling you that. Um, you, you definitely feel it when someone does call you it, um, right. even when it's a surprise. Like, complete surprise was a bit weird, I must admit. Um, but yeah, that was my first experience with it. Um, and I didn't feel that, I was a daddy. I didn't feel like it was a role play I'd be able to do, um, at least not at that time. So I did feel that because I was younger that it wasn't possible. But I don't know, is it more difficult with younger daddies or it doesn't really make a difference? Um, I personally don't think it makes a difference. I've never had like an experience where I've been like, Mm, you're too young or you're too old or you too, you're, mm. you know, too short, too whatever. It's just, it's more of, um, a personality thing, I suppose. Mm. Um, like with all things, essentially. Um, yeah. You know, can you provide, um, can you provide essentially is what it comes down to because, you know, as like, you know, a dominant figure, you are the one in control. And that comes with an immense amount of responsibility, especially over an entirely, you know, another person um, in a sexual situation. Um, mm. 
But I do think people underestimate how much power littles have as well. Um, whether it be, you know, bratty littles or, you know, littles who bat their eyes and get their way. Um, there's still power there. There's still power on their end. They are mm. still somewhat in control. They're still, you know, it's their show almost, I guess, if that makes sense. They yeah, are the prize. I, yeah. I, I have a friend that she's a feminist and her view of feminism is that um, girls use sex to gain power, you know, because they ultimately are the gatekeepers. So she, she would argue that, you know, that is the power, you know, um, you know, even if you're submitting, you know, you're choosing to submit. You're not. Right. So, so yeah, it's definitely, and it's just people don't think of it like that. They just think, oh, you're submissive, so the guy gets to do whatever he wants. And it's not quite like that at all. Um, and how does it, to me, it sounds like it doesn't really vary much from any other um, BDSM power exchange, like master-slave or anything like that. It seems like... Um, just a different skin for it in a way. I think that's what surprises most people, honestly, who get into it is it's, it's, it's just BDSM at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. you can call it different things, but at the very end of the day, I mean, it's just another power dynamic within that branch. Um, the only thing different from it, you know, essentially is how people perceive it. It's a lot mm. easier to, you know, post master slave porn on the internet than it is ddlg because there's less you know negative connotation surrounding it even though one really essentially is more violent than the other um, yeah yeah which is interesting yeah i didn't think of it like that because yeah in like a master slave relationship there would be you know there's often a lot of like painful punishments and mm -hmm. other kinks involved that you know can even draw blood or you know with real injuries real danger right um, and yeah, even the connotations, you'd think slavery is a more controversial role play than um, than like a nurturing like dad daughter kind of role play. Although mm -hmm. it's not daughter, it's like I, I made, yeah, it's so hard to even have the conversation without like falling into the same traps that other people do. Right. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. And like also the aesthetic is um like I say it just seems like a different skin for um for the for role play like i've always found that like dressing up in leathers and latex and things like that it's been around for so long that it kind of looks a bit cheesy you know a bit cliche <laughs> and um i'd feel quite silly wearing those clothes especially as a guy maybe i think girls have a bit more choice with bdsm clothes whereas with like ddlg you can just like use normal clothes that you get on the mm -hmm. high street and it feels more real as well you know if you're looking for like authenticity maybe is that part of the appeal so that you can kind of fall into like the role play more easily i think it is um now i don't want to put down other bdsm types but i do think it's mm -hmm. like a little bit more intimate than others um because ddld doesn't really require a location like a specific location. I mean, when you think about Master Slave, what do you think about? Like the warehouses from like kink.com's videos or something? I think, um, oh God, this is a lot of work. I have to like learn carpentry, start building my own furniture, um, buying custom latex outfits. 
I think nipple clamps, needles. Right. I think like a horror movie, basically. Um, but for a DLG, it doesn't really require any objects. Mm. You don't really need anything besides your words and how you treat the other person. I mean, you as long as you are with that person, you can engage in that dynamic. That's it. I mean, it doesn't require um, gear. Mm. Obviously, a lot of people like gear because it's fun and it's fun. Yeah, play. yeah. Um, but it's not needed. And I think that um, really needs to be said, especially for people who are looking to get into it as beginners, because it can be very like. I don't. What's the word I'm looking for? Not scary, but yeah, I I guess intimidating. Like intimidating. Um, yes. Yeah. Like for me, I'm around so many like different types of sexual people um, that often do it for work. So it's always been easy for me to try new things. But yeah, if if I was like interested in BDSM and I wanted to go to a fetish party, for example, like that would be an incredibly intimidating thing. Like pick an outfit to not to feel comfortable to go there around strangers mm-hmm. uh, especially when i feel like bdsm is a bit like dungeons and dragons you know <laughs> there's there's like a lot of law there's a lot of rules there's a lot of etiquette and just learning it all and being comfortable with it it's not an easy thing to do um it you know and there's so much jargon you know i think there is with ttlg as well like i, I mm-hmm. was surprised how much when i was looking through but it does seem more accessible. And yeah, like most girls have something cute in their wardrobe that they can right. put on. And, you know, most guys can just look more, you know, authoritative just by wearing a suit or a shirt and a tie or something, you know. So I get that it's easy to just change the aesthetic and be spontaneous. And mm-hmm. do you think it's only controversial just because of this like little girl aspect, basically, just like the semantics of it? I think so. I think so. I think because, you know, it is a, a taboo topic. I think that definitely, you know, casts a negative light on it in certain aspects. And then, of course, you have the people who come into it who maybe aren't into DLG um, or who don't practice safe BDSM. Um, people who are essentially like, you know, predators who will kind is of that attempt to fit the role and take advantage of people. Mm. Um, do I think that's common? No. Um, do I think it happens in almost every BDSM sort of subset? Absolutely. Anytime you have authority, you will have someone that will take advantage of it. Hmm. I guess like they would, you know, they could just do that on Tinder and they don't need BDSM to do that. You know, you would hope like there's always predators everywhere. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I don't know how many, if people are more attracted to it because they're predators to something like that or if it's just they're predators so they're going to do that regardless of what relationship right. they have yeah i think it's worth talking about like um the aesthetics uh, there is this fashion of like um people importing japanese fashions like lolita fashions and mm-hmm. princess core and so many different varieties of like soft aesthetics um personally i think they're really really cool and playful um but we are talking about adults um trying to look childlike right like we are like there's no denying that i don't think like yes they are adults but they're using 
like makeup to de-age themselves, which I mean, that's what makeup does anyway, but still, um, like using like, you know, plushes and clothes and like children's clothes. And is, is that okay? Do you think like, is there a bad side to that? Do I think that it could possibly attract people who want to take advantage of that? For sure. I think that's true with a lot of things. I mean, you look at TikTok, for example. TikTok is huge, mm-hmm. especially with children. Um, and because it's popular, you know, there's so many people on there. I mean, one person is bound to, you know, just be a bad person because they are a bad person. Um, do I think that makes TikTok bad? Mm-mm. And I would think- say the same for DDLG. Do you think that um, by using like a childlike aesthetic that we're encouraging men to say be attracted to children, for example? I think most adult men are cognizant enough to realize that the person that they're looking at is an adult at the end mm. of the day and that it's just playing. It's just role playing. Yeah. Cause I think that's like one of the big criticisms, isn't it? That like um, some people don't seem to understand that because some people would say that the people that enjoy it are people that are attracted to children and you're basically um, creating, you know, content for pedophiles. And it's so horrible to say, um, but you know, that's one of the criticisms. And yeah, how would you feel about that? Like I said before, it's definitely like understandable. I don't ever like make people feel bad about that because it's understandable mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, if I were a newcomer looking in, you know, and I have been, I, I get it. It's, um, but at the end of the day, it's like adults are adults, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if I want to go out wearing a a pink frilly dress, I am going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's, it's not hurting anyone. Yeah. Uh, if, if looking at me offends you because I'm in like a, a childish outfit, then turn around. I'm never going to go into a, like a public situation where I know there's going to be children in kink gear, though. I think that yeah. is something yeah. that most yeah. people need to respect. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah. No, that and yeah, I think that's like the interesting thing as well is because. Um, it's just clothes, isn't it? And like the reason we say they're children's clothes is because someone just decided that this cut, this style, this color is for children. Exactly. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be. Like, right. It could be that in 10 years, because some people dress children as adults because it's cute, right? Like, I remember when I look at my childhood photos, it's like mostly like wearing quite smart clothes, you know? Like, and it all looks oh, he's like a little adult, like at a wedding in a little mini suit or something. <laughs> um, but for some reason, it's like when it's adults dressing with more childlike things, it's somehow people think they're trying to be children. It, it makes no sense. It, See, now that's like, I feel like, you know, bringing up like, okay, well, you know, we dress kids like adults sometimes. Are we supposed to mm. treat them like adults? Again, yeah, you can yeah. look at a child and be like, this is a child. Yeah. That should be it. If you have any other thoughts outside of that, that is on you, Mm. you know? Um, And it's like, you know, pink is for girls and blue is for boys. That's what we're taught as kids. Why is that? Is that something that we respect as adults? Plenty of of men wear pink. Plenty of women wear blue. Um, I think at the end of the day, 
like with many things, it just comes down to the connotations with how people perceive things. Because if I feel comfortable wearing like skirts and knee highs, then that's how I feel comfortable. And I don't think anything should be wrong with that. If someone else feels they should be modest and cover up, entirely good for them. I'm, I'm all for being comfortable. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt anyone to dress how you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it really is like, I know so many times we talk about, um, something being a social construct, but fashion really is a social <laughs> construct. Like men don't wear tights anymore, but we mm-hmm. used to. And now tights are for women and trousers are for men. But yeah, if a man wants to wear tights, why not? So yeah, if a girl wants to, you know, wear baby pink clothes and right. why not? So, But I think it's worth addressing because the aesthetic yeah. really gets people. It really confuses people. My personal belief is that um, it's very playful and Mm -hmm. I I do think it's deliberately using childhood to turn someone on. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think, you know, the reason why a schoolgirl uniform is hot is because when you're an adolescent boy, you know, your first fantasies are with, you know, your classmates, Mm -hmm. you know, and at least where I went to school, we had a uniform. So that was like, that's why it's hot for me. But it doesn't mean I want children. It's just like tapping into this like emotional, carefree, um, adolescent horniness, I guess. Right. Um, and I see like these Japanese Lolita fashions. They do that and then like take it so far in such cool and creative ways. Um, and it, it's fun. I, I'm sure I think it's so fun. But do you ever I have agree. any problems with people when you're, if you're wearing, say, like, um, cause do you, do you wear like DTLG aesthetic clothes in public? So, um, I, I've worn like skirts and like knee highs and like playful looking clothes in public mm. before. And I've never received a complaint. In fact, it's been the opposite. I remember two separate occasions where like a woman came up to me and she was like, your outfit is so cool. And I was cool. like, thanks. You know, like I appreciate it. Um, and like I said, it really just comes back to, okay, what are you comfortable with? And does it make you happy? And mm. if it's not hurting anyone, I just, I, I really don't care to be frank with you. I just don't yeah. care. If you're your adult, you're good. You got it. Yeah. And it's so funny because the people who complain most about this are often the more religious right people who are also the ones always complaining about the lack of freedom of speech and freedom of expression and like, Hey, yeah. we should be able to do what we want, you know? And it's like, okay, so let me just wear what I want. So. <laughs> You would think. You truly would think. Yeah, I love all those little hypocrisies. Um, so, like one of the things in, um, so let's just get into like the specifics of DDLG a little bit. So, mm-hmm. when we're talking about the Daddy Dom, um, could you explain a little bit more about his role and like how that actually works? Because I think we talked quite vaguely, but on a more practical level. So um, the dom essentially is, you know, the person uh, you would say is taking care of the little. Mm. Um, Doms might implement roles um, where it's like, hey, if you uh, eat three meals today, you'll get a sticker on your chart or something like that. Or, um, you know, essentially like nurturing and caring uh, activities like coloring, watching cartoons, things like that. 
Um, and those are things that can be triggers uh, for littles to kind of relax and get into the mindset and get comfortable with the scene and setting. Since, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a BDSM scene. It's role playing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whether that be some people use pacifiers, um, sippy cups, um, plushies, special bedding. Um, sometimes you can see people who are uh, really into it will build like entire rooms with like adult size cribs um, and things mm. like that, which I think is pretty cool. I don't know if I would ever personally do it, but I I, I appreciate the commitment. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so doms are kind of, I mean, you know, it's in the name. They're parents. You act as a parental role. You want to make sure that your little is doing good. Um, and depending on the type of dynamic you have, if they're not doing good, that's where you might implement punishments like spanking, um, timeouts, things like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, rewards being pleasure, you know, orgasms, gifts, things like that. Mm-hmm. And this is like as part of play. So like, is playtime kind of, um, yeah, just trying to like visualize it. Um, so when we say play, it's not like, it could be like a significant amount of time, like say a whole evening mm-hmm. or a whole day. It's not like right. um, when people have sex where it tends to be like, you know, maybe 30 minutes <laughs> for a lot of I people. I would definitely I say usually <laughs> sessions are longer than 30 minutes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it is... So the role play is like, it's quite all encompassing. It's, Mm -hmm. you're like living a day just in a different kind of way to your normal life. My uh, preferred way is usually in the evenings, kind of um, when I'm nice and sleepy, Mm because I feel like it's a little bit easier to kind of immerse yourself um, into the setting. Um, I I like having cartoons on. Um, I like having my plushies around me. Um, you know, I like being in between my partner's lap. Um, you know, they'll, uh, tell me cute things. Like, you know, we used, uh, phrases of speech, like, you know, hey, good girl, mm-hmm. um, things like that, like positive reinforcement. Um, I myself am not very fond of like super, super strict doms. That's just me. Um, of course, everyone is different. I, I, Really yeah. want to make sure I reiterate that it's very yeah, yeah, personal yeah. to everyone. It's not ever going to fit just like a, you don't have to be like the typical what you see on the internet. Um, that's personally what I like, um, though, is kind of the nurturing and guidance and, you know, receiving pleasure from being good. Mm. Yet the way you make it sound is like, say, if I'm with my partner and I have like a lazy Sunday where we just sit and watch movies and cuddle and sometimes have sex or whatever. And it's like a whole day thing. Like it sounds very just caring and sensual and cuddly really. It's Um, really not as like unnatural as people think. I feel like like it's like a lot of people think it's like out in this whole other world. And it's like, it's, if you really look down to it, like I promise you it's, it's not that scary. Now, obviously I know not everyone is going to be into the kink, nor do I think they should be if they're not Mm. comfortable with it. But you know, it's I. It's not as odd as it seems on base level. No, it's really not. Like I, I feel like I'm fishing for something that's not there. You know, <laughs> um, like the. It does just sound like um, a slightly more extreme version of cuddling. You know, like it's that 
kind of vibe. And yeah, on the BDSM side, like a a more mild version of BDSM, if anything. Um, at least that's my impression. Um, and then you said that you talked about getting into like the headspace of it. Um, so they call that little space is my understanding. Mm-hmm. And um, what does that actually mean? And w- what happens in your head for that? I don't think it's necessarily a transformation, but like I said, again, I think it varies for people. Mm. Um, some people describe it more as like a mood. Some people describe it like a mindset. Some people, uh, I've seen people compare it to being like, in a hypnotic state before, um, mm. or maybe even kind of like, not like a separate personality, but a character, if you will. Uh, getting into character, I feel like that's a pretty good way of explaining yeah. it um, in terms of scene. It's getting into character, um, which is, again, you know, what things like triggers are for, like, you know, having the environment, like plushies, having the cartoons, coloring, things like that. Um to get into it. Um, so personally for me, uh, I lean towards more of calling it a mindset or a mood. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm an entirely dis- different person. Um, I don't feel separate from myself. I'm just in the scene, mm. um, enjoying myself. Um, and some people may express that by uh, using childish speak, um, playing with toys, coloring, um, how they dress. They might have rattle toys. I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that was the hard thing to understand. Because I've heard, um, obviously, in BDSM, when people talk about being in subspace, and I've had that with previous partners where, I don't know, it's looked like some kind of extreme adrenaline rush, you know? where they're like not quite their self anymore. And I wasn't sure if something similar happened with DDLG where like some wave of emotion takes over somehow, like where it is kind of like a drug. I definitely feel that way um, during maybe more uh, aggressive BDSM practices. Mm -hmm. Um, But with DDLG for me personally, it's, it's, not usually like that unless, you know, of course, like I'm in a mood where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to be a Brad. That way I get punished. Then it's, yeah. that it kind of kicks it up a notch. But like on a, a, a daily basis, um, a little bit more laid back, I think, than like mm. the average BDSM encounter. Okay. And so little space is, like you say, just mostly getting into character. And is like daddy space a thing or is that? I would say so, yeah. I would say so, yeah. Um, I think there's maybe less emphasis on it for some reason. Mm. Um, you know, since it's... Uh, when you take the role of a little, you know, you kind of have to play it up just a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, like you said, with, like, dressing up, you know, most girls have something cute in their closet, and, you know, most men can find something to get that little bit of oomph for authority. Um, Mm. I think you can do that very similarly with your mindset. Um, I don't know if it's as in depth as little spaces necessarily, since you kind of have to hold on to like, you know, control since you are the one in control of the scene. Mm. Um, And being little is more, you know, giving up that control and receiving. 
Yeah, and I think if you're not a naturally dominant person, you can't act it, you know. It's, right. So it's maybe it's more of a, like I say, the emphasis is more on the little in this case. So yeah, let's talk about DDLG in porn because that's like my sweet spots and like what you're doing as well. Like why did you um why did you decide to do like a more of a DDLG content just because it's like what you're into or um I enjoy it uh, mm. number one. I think it's fun, you know. I'm I like it. It's nice. Um two, uh I'm not really built to be like a MILF or anything. Mm-hmm. Um I'm very much the opposite. I'm very I'm very petite. Uh, I have a very round face um it's just kind of the niche that i felt i fit in the best and the one i felt most comfortable in um and it it feels nice it feels nice to get messages like most of the porn that i usually watch is very oriented on like you know being hot being sexy but you're really cute and i like Mm. that aspect i like having both aspects that kind of duality um and I like bringing that in my content. I think that's fun. Yeah. And what kind of content do you make? Um, my favorite thing to make is um, toy play. And I like dressing up. Um, whether it be schoolgirl, you know, bunny costumes. I have dog ears somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Kitty ears, things like that. Um, just dressing up and kind of, you know, using toys is my favorite thing to do. Because it, it it just feels fun. Yeah. So all the stuff you do is just alone, like not with guys right. or girls. It's okay. And um, yeah. And what are the guys like? Is it like um? Because do you offer like a, is it like a role play service like where it's two ways or do you just make content for everybody and put it out there? Um, a lot of my feed is usually kind of it leans towards the submissive side for most things. I don't really feel like I put out a lot of like dominant pixie um, feed posts just because like I said, um, I kind of thrive in the role that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I like where I'm at. I don't really like being on top or being dominant or anything like that. Um, so feed posts definitely lean towards the submissive kind of, you know, aesthetic childish side. Um, now customs and sexting, um, I will let the client kind of tell me what they prefer. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they're more of a strict dom, maybe they're more of a soft dom, maybe they're somewhere kind of in between. Um, and I learn their preferences and kind of talk to them and figure out how they usually operate. Um, and then we can kind of, you know build the setting and go from there, which can be a little bit more difficult online because you like the physicality and intimacy of being in person and, you know, and touching and things. Mm. So I, I try extra hard, especially on sexting, um, to immerse both myself and the client. And what kind of things do they ask for? Um, the schoolgirl outfit is a big hit. People love scroll outfits. Um, Pigtails, um, plushies nearby, um, you know, things like that. Can you talk in a childish voice? Can you call me daddy? Can you, you know, um, hold a plushie, you know, 
while the toy's in you, like, you know, X, Y, Z, all kinds of stuff. And what are the guys like? Is there anything they have in common? Um, I would say they're usually um, older. Mm. Um, obviously not always the case. I've had 20, you know, 19-year-olds come into my DMs with the same things. When um, you say older, you mean like my age or even older? Uh, or? Like older than 25, I would say okay. um, a lot. Of my clients are older than twenty five, um, so not so old. Like, um, no, no. Um, I definitely have like a couple of of older gentlemen who are mm-hmm. in their sixties to seventies um, as fans, and they're very sweet. Um, I've never really had any issues with anyone who's ever like come to me um, with the DDLG kink in mind. They're mm. usually very nice they're usually very kind um i don't think i've ever had any problems with them yeah it just sounds like quite a sweet thing to be honest yeah. it doesn't it doesn't sound like it doesn't even sound so sexual it sounds like more um like you say like a virtual hug virtual cuddles that kind of thing just um sweetness yeah um i kind of pride my channel on that i guess a little bit um like, I just like making people smile, which I, I think kind of sounds silly uh, to most, like, people who don't do porn. When I tell them that, they're, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're naked on the internet. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I want to do it in, like, a cool way. Like, I, I want to make people smile. Like, I, I I don't want people to think of me as, like, just, like, a sports illustrated poster. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like, you can talk to me. Like, I'm a person. I- How did, like, friends and family, like, react when you decided to do this? So I have the uh, really great advantage of not having any family. So I don't really care, Um, which is nice because like I'll get some people like in my Reddit comments usually who are like fatherless behavior. I'm like, you're exactly right, but I don't care because it's just it's just whatever, you know, like I'm an adult. I'm doing my thing. Um, My friends are all very supportive. My partner does sex work as well. Mm-hmm. So I've never really had an issue with it. I think I've had maybe one person that I knew in high school, like message me and be like, Hey, and I was like, Oh, oh, they're like, are you on Reddit? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I accidentally found you. I'm like, I don't really know about the accidentally part, but like, you know, yeah. Thanks. I guess. Yeah. It's always like the old school friends that are not, don't have the best reactions. Like they're kind of fake friends, the people you know, but not really friends. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into this? Was it through Reddit or like what triggered it was an interest? Reddit. So um, originally I started out, um, I had, you know, turned 18. Um, I was starting to kind of get out there um, and, and talk to people, you know, mm-hmm. and like meet with people on Tinder and kind of figure out where I was. Um, and I, I hooked up with a guy, um, and he moved states immediately after and ghosted me. And that was like one of my first hookups ever. So I was, what did you do to him? (laughs) I didn't do anything. That was the worst part. I, okay. So I don't know if I should like say this, but like, I, I took his virginity. Wow. 
So like, you know, you know, just like, you know, like a, a thank you card or something would have been nice before like dipping to like the other side of the country and yeah. then being like, also, I'm never talking to you again. Um, so, you know, admittedly, I was very crushed after that. I don't really have like a lot of self-esteem. Uh, oh. It just, you know, it was hard because it was like, you know, the first time I went out and it was like, you know, I kind of got taken advantage of a little bit. Mm. It felt like. Um, so I opened up Reddit one day and I was like, you know what? I'm going to post a nude picture on here. I'm mm-hmm. going to see how it goes because, you know, maybe these people will tell me something I don't know. And I mean, lo and behold, I mean, people did tell me. Uh, I had a bunch of people all of a sudden who were following me and being like, post more, post more, make an OnlyFans, post more. It, was it like, feels I good, mean, doesn't it, for your confidence? Okay, when, like, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, I've had so many people have that same journey where they were maybe not so confident in their looks and kind of surprised that people wanted to see them, especially on Reddit. Um, yes. And... Yeah, they started like working on themselves, working on photography skills. And yeah, the difference it made to their personal confidence is incredible. Like, it's, it's different so person. nice. Mm. It's really nice because I, I feel kind of selfish telling other people this, but it's like when you have like a large community that, you know, backs you up and I mean, essentially pays you to be naked, like it's kind mm-hmm. of hard not to take some pride in that. And yeah. be like, wow, I am worth something, you know, which I feel sounds kind of sad when I say it out loud, but I know um, what you mean, though. It's like, <laughs> like going from being like uh, an incredibly like insecure, you know, person to like, you know, I'm worth something. Mm-hmm. I think that's just nice. Yeah, I think we all need that, don't we? And I think especially, yeah. you know, there's so many men out there as well that just they feel exactly how you did um, and they don't know how to get that. Like you say, you put it as like, I'm worth something, but I think you mean that like just as a person, not like financially worth something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We all need that. So it's so needed. I wish there was an easier way of getting it, but yeah, for me, I did something similar where I just started posting pictures, but on Instagram and I'd never done it before. And I was so nervous. And then, I kind of got addicted to the likes. <laughs> it's like, it's I'm a not, very slippery slope. Yeah, I'm not like a model or anything, but it's like just learning how to take an acceptable photograph of myself and then get compliments. It's like, yeah, okay, I like that. I think even like previously to me being 18 too, like growing up, I was not like a very attractive person, um, which, you know, in middle school and high school, like most people generally kind of aren't, like you're growing mm. It, you know, puberty, it, it makes sense. Um, but I was a very quiet kid. Um, I didn't really talk to people. I didn't really have friends. Um, I ate in the hallways uh, during lunch. Um, what? Yeah, what so mean? I didn't have to go to the cafeteria because there were so uh, many people. Um, so you would just sit on the floor and... I would. I, 100%, wow. I would just read my book. Um, so going from that to being like, I saw one then this one website earlier this week um, refer to me as a nude influencer, and I was nice. like, "Whoa, that's kind of that's kind of wow." It's cool. It's always like that, though. It's always the quiet ones that end up um, like 
like a lot of um, celebrities, a lot of pop stars, they're often like quite introverted and they kind of need that attention to keep their esteem high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like with doing DDLG porn, have you found like any restrictions or anything difficult with it? Um, posting wise, absolutely. Mm. Um, because, you know, again, with the connotations of it being, you know, taboo and risky, um, finding sites that allow you to post, um, content related to that is very difficult and if you can post sometimes you have to be very careful about you know how you present your video and what's in it Mm. um could you give me some examples like where are you not allowed for example um so for me personally like i i kind of draw the line at bringing it out into the public i won't do um like ddlg play uh out in the open like, okay. you know, and, and malls or like, you know, I won't um, go to like a park or anything like that. Because yeah. for me, it's very intimate. You know, I like feeling safe um, mm-hmm. and I feel safe at home. So um, that makes some people kind of upset for their customs because they're like, uh, well, can you go to like a park or like this, that? And I'm like, no, like, I'm very sorry, but. Yeah. It's just, it's not for me because number one, it's risky to post that. And two, I just personally don't feel comfortable with it. Mm. Um, and, you know, even then there are certain um, people who may be like the younger aspect or like age range of playing, um, like the um, adult baby kind of aspect. Yeah. Um, and I don't cater to that. Um, I don't do like diapers or anything like that or like changing. Um, Like that's just personally for me, like where Mm. I draw the line. Um, Onesies, perfectly fine. Skirts, like pacifiers, perfectly fine for for content. I don't have any issue with that. Um, But there are certainly some things that I feel kind of about. Yeah. And you said that platforms restrict you as well. So have yes. you, what problems have you had with platforms? So um, OnlyFans in particular um, has become uh, a little bit different about it because when I first started posting on, on OnlyFans, it was like, okay, um, DDLG, Daddy, and like, you know, and, and the feed posts and, and comments and stuff um, because, you know, that's my niche. That's mm-hmm. kind of just what I lean towards. Um and now if you look at it, you know, it's like they don't really like those words anymore. Mm. Um, they get kind of picky about them. Um, and even on Reddit, I've started to see certain subreddits get banned. Um, or, you know, uh, they'll lock it down or you'll have to verify to post or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because they've had issues with people like reporting. Um, things like that. So... Even if you look at like TikTok, TikTok um, is a very risky place to yeah. post things like that because there's so many people and there's also children on the platform. Um, so it's kind of like, mm, for me personally, I prefer to stick towards posting that content on strictly 18 plus forms because then no one can come up to me and be like, you're showing this or like, 
mm. this could potentially reach children. Um, and it's like... So do you only I, use Reddit? For promoting purposes, mostly. Um, mm. I used to have a Twitter, but people were on, on there were very mean to me. Uh, and I just wasn't having it. So I, I stick with Reddit and, and OnlyFans. Okay. And you don't use any of the main porn sites like Pornhub and stuff like that? I used to use Pornhub, but after um, they took away like amateur porn and stuff, it oh, just they, made me uh, kind of sad. Um, and yeah. it, like seeing so much content deleted. Uh, and I really feel for those creators that like put out their content. Um, yeah. and had it deleted when um, that happened though um i noticed that my sales went up there must have been so really? much piracy on pornhub that oh my um, gosh <laughs> i was like oh my sales just jumped by like 20 percent or something i was like huh <laughs> so they, they were gosh. stealing a lot but yeah some people but that is um i wanted to talk about it. we talked about it off camera about how um it's actually Visa and MasterCard who are mm-hmm. censoring the banks, porn yeah. and not porn sites. It's not really Twitter and Reddit that are doing the censorship. And it seems strange to me that they've picked out DDLG specifically. And whereas it's okay to um, make teen porn, it's okay to dress as schoolgirls, so it's okay to do DDLG, you just can't call it DDLG. Yeah. Um, even looking at, um, apps that aren't meant for sex work, like Pinterest, I've noticed, Mm. um, that word is banned. If you, if you try to search it in the search bar, nothing. Um, and Pinterest is like a fashion thing. So like you should be looking for, I remember, I remember looking for pins based on like fashion or like rooms or like, you know, certain Mm. people setups or, you know, just cute posts. Um, I never saw anything nude or inappropriate because once again, it's Pinterest. It's, it's an app for, you know, everyone. It's not porn based. Um, yeah. But that word is, is just not there. You cannot search it. Yeah. The only word I knew that was banned on porn sites before was the word Lolita. Um, mm-hmm. For obvious reasons, but you know, a lot of European porn stars had the name Lolita. So Sorry for them, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, DDLG seems to be the first word to have joined that. Um, and there seems to be this general trend of um, avoiding young sounding words. Um, like I noticed in the last six months, the word young has been yeah. deleted. But young yeah. can just mean like younger. Like it's like if I had, I have a video with like um, a MILF and a teen. And so I will use the word younger or young in the description. Yeah. They say no, like it's just banned. They really just get caught up in the semantics of it is Mm. is really all I can gather from everything is just everyone gets caught up in the semantics of things. Yeah. The language seems to be more important than, than anything. So yeah, I'm, because I said to you, I'm doing like my own DTLG series just to see what happens with it, just to see what problems I have because it's very strange that they're attacking this specifically. And I don't know if you tried Instagram, but um, DDLG on Instagram, it you don't last very long. Like, Goodness. did you try it? No, no. That's one of those sites where it's like, I've just heard from so many other content creators, like, and my account got banned within like a week or like, I can't post anything on there. 
if you follow the rules, you shouldn't get deleted. But um, but DDLG, it it doesn't last long. But if you're doing fashion and you don't call it DDLG, it's like one of the hottest things. And there's so many like Lolita style um, influences on there. Um, right. So I don't understand why it's just these words are so toxic. Well, you mentioned age play a moment ago and um, different ages that littles can be. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably the most controversial part of DDLG. And so when you're role-playing, um, is it okay to ask like what age you role-play as? Um, yeah, of course. And could you explain like the ages that people do? So for me personally, I don't really know if I can like give it like a set age because it's kind of mm-hmm. difficult. Um, I would say for me, it's around like six to eight. Um, like I really, I, you know, I just like being cute, I guess. Um, uh, but yeah, there's definitely people who fall more under the, you know, like adult baby spectrum where it's, you know, they're playing very young, like they're playing as infants or, or you know, toddlers. Um and that's more so where you'll find like the diaper stuff being a thing mm. um, and like the cribs and things like that. Um, and, and, you know, the connotation the... around that is very difficult. And, and we, Yeah. Like when the adult baby stuff, I remember seeing it like on chat shows and it was like hyped up in the nineties. And how, how do they play? Do they, is it a sexual thing or is it, um, is it just, they want, to be treated like a baby i don't know i think it really honestly at the end of the day just depends on the person because so many people have different reasons for you know getting into what they're getting into um which is you know again why i've brought up so many times today like Mm. there is no one perfect dynamic you know there is no one typical play um it, it, it really is just personal to you um and if you have a partner involved you know their preferences as well. Um, so now do I think some people do it non-sexually? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, n- no childhood, um, bad childhood, um, trauma. I mean, there's plenty of reasons. Mm. Um, now I'm not a therapist nor am I a doctor, so I'm not going to say whether that's good or bad because I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I know it is. like age regression is used in therapy but i don't know if it's good or bad or who right so i can't say like one way or the other like you know if it helps or if it doesn't help at the end of the day you know adult doing their own thing not hurting anyone Mm. not really my business um and then of course you know you have older littles who are called middles who um are a bit more like preteens i suppose you could put it like you know uh 10 to 12, that kind of age range. Um, I've noticed that a lot of middles tend to like, like video games. They Mm. like playing video games. Um, You know, they're a little bit more independent than um, the younger ones that play. Um, There's generally like, you know, less rules for them than there would be like, you know, with younger counterparts and their doms. Um, Generally, just a little bit more established independence and kind of letting them do their own thing. And of Mm. course, as you get younger, um, the act of caregiving becomes more intensive. Okay. So it's like 
and this is the bit that people find really uncomfortable is like if you say like oh i'm playing as a six-year-old does that mean you're role-playing kind of abusive scenarios okay See, as, no. as role play I, I don't mean that as like it's no abuse, i got you but. right people um say that a lot and then it's like there's also pet play which is similar mm-hmm. um in essence to age play where it's like getting into the headspace of being a pet yeah um yeah i noticed and ggog like, and pet play go together quite often they're very similar and i think mm-hmm. they're they both kind of have that nurturing role i think um pet play is a little bit um not strict but like a, a little bit more confining um since obviously there is a different kind of dynamic between a pet mm. and an owner than you know a parental role and a, a a small one um but you'll look at pet play and people won't ask that question like um well do you like animals that way yeah obviously not you're having sex with a human yeah and it, it's i feel like it's the same with ddlg you know yeah. you're an adult and you're consenting then you're smart enough to recognize that the person in front of you you know is also an adult yeah right it, but like um some scenarios would be like um playing where okay i'm playing as say a six-year-old and the other person's playing as an adult so when you do have a sexual interaction you are kind of role-playing this one person taking advantage of the other, right? Or does it not work like that? I don't know. See, I think that comes with the um, idea that the the dom is the person who gets the benefit out of the mm. situation. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's not necessarily true. Um, there is no one-way system of power. Oh, and there I don't has mean to it, be pleasure on both sides. Yeah, and I don't mean it as a bad thing because obviously in any BDSM dynamic, like forced sex and forced sex fantasies are, are a thing. Right. So, but I think like it's just specifically with the age play plus that, I think that's where people have an issue. It's like, what does this mean? What does it mean about me? What does it mean about him or her? Um, and yeah, I think you explain it very well that, um, you know, it's, it is an adult. It is consensual. It's very different to actual abuse or whatever. Right. Right. But I do think people would have questions about that. Like, could it lead to abuse? Is it someone that's maybe had abuse and they're kind of, I don't know, reliving it somehow? Um, Not that that's a bad thing. Um, But it's very complicated. It's hard to even talk about because it makes me uncomfortable to talk about it, you know? And it's, but I think it's worth explaining for people. I think, like, you know, like I said previously, everyone kind of has their own reasons for getting into it. Um, Me, personally, do I have trauma associated with those things? Yeah. Um, Do I think that participating in the things that I participate aggravates that? Mm -mm. Um, I've never noticed it affecting my mental health in any sort of negative way. Um I know what I'm getting into. Uh, you know, I have safe words. Safe words are essential. Safety yeah. within any aspect of BDSM play has to be the number one priority. And I think a lot of people forget that. That, you know, if you agree to it, that 
you have to go through with it. Um, mm. You are welcome to stop at any time you feel uncomfortable. That's how any sexual encounter should be. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that that's like an option. Um, that the person who's, you know, in the little role is there because they have to be there. But that's not the case. They're there because, you know, they want to be there as much as the other person does because they gain something, whether it be pleasure, whether it be safety, whether it be a multitude of things, whether the Dom gains, you know, a sense of control and pleasure, um, whether they just feel completed because they know that their little is feeling pleasurable. I mean, there's so many aspects that can go into it that it's kind of hard to nail it down to one because it is so personal mm. and because it is so intimate. And because it's so intimate, I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding and grasping onto it. So it makes them uncomfortable because they don't understand, um, you know, which is fine. Um, I just more so have issue with people reacting to it in such a negative and aggressive way. Mm. Um, you know, accusing people of, of being pedophiles um, or, you know, X, Y, Z, or like, you're going to teach people to like this. Mm. Um, but, you know. If you are consuming porn, then I feel like it is your responsibility as the consumer to sort of, you know, I know what's reality and what is not. Yeah. Um, it's film at the end of the day. I mean, really, like, it's, it's just acting. Now, does acting mean that it's fake and hollow? No. You look at plenty of actors who put real emotion and previous experience into their performances. I don't think it's really any different. Mm. No, you said it very well. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know why when it comes to sex, people can't understand that, yeah, people know the difference between fantasy and reality. Like we said earlier, we people play such violent video games and right. watch all manner of violent um, entertainment, um, including like real sports where people actively harm each other, <laughs> you know, um, and that's fine, but you know, consenting sex is somehow dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, you look at like video games, like video games have been a big topic, um, mm. within, you know, recent years because of increased violence and whatnot. And like, oh, is this the cause? And it's like, People have been consuming media that is is violent or somehow, you know, not the norm for years. I mean, you look at Roman gladiator fights. Yeah. Literal death. That's it's entertainment and it's shock value. And a lot of people enjoy that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's just kind of human nature. It's kind of like looking at a car crash and you can't look away. It's I know I, 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 I would disagree with that i'd say it's the art you know like, i wouldn't like to do boxing but i love boxing and i love watching a big fight and it's it's something different it's like you're kind of worshiping this perfect specimen that's incredible at what they do you know it's like the best fighter in the world you know it's it's something to be admired it's like it's brutal um and the brutality is off-putting i think but yeah you can enjoy it without wanting to go home and go okay i'm gonna right fight yeah everyone like i'm a murderer now, now. <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah. i think that's just like you know like video games um people are like well you know is if you're killing kids in games does that mean you're going to want to kill kids in real life 
And again, it comes back to, okay, well, are you able to establish reality from fiction? And if you are unable to do that, then perhaps you should not be seeking fiction out. Yeah. Well, did they say, you know, well, maybe some people can't, or it's like, um, but, you know, those people are so rare, I think. And, you know, they, people like that clearly would have some, you know, major issues just fitting in in society in general. And we can't, right? You know, we can't make everything, you know, cotton wool, you know, wrap everything in cotton wool for the outliers that might be a bit crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I know. All the studies I've seen have shown that like, Violent video games, for example, lower people's violent yeah, propensity. Yeah. So I, I'm sure it's the same with porn. Can we talk about variations of um, TTLG? Because that's interesting. It's um, like it doesn't have to be like daddy, dom, little girl. Yes. It can be like. So I think a lot of people kind of like, since it's like daddy and little girl, a lot of people specifically within that relationship carry a lot of negativity. Mm. Um, whereas like, you know, you look at mommy stuff, mommy stuff has been exceedingly part, like, you know, popular lately, like not even in just porn, like you go on TikToks and it's like, you know, you look at comments and it's like, people are calling like women, mommy all the time. Mm. It's like, well, that's interesting. Well, I mean, again, like some of our first fantasies, it's our classmates or it's our friends' moms, you know? Like, yeah. They're yeah. the women we know. So it's like everyone, there's always that one hot mum that comes to school to pick your friends up. So yeah, I mean, when I was young, I watched almost exclusively MILF porn because like it was like, you know, you, I didn't understand it. It was like from a different species compared to like the girls my age. So it's just a fantasy. Um, but yeah, and and this is the thing. So like, you could have like um, a mummy little boy or mummy and little girl, and people don't care if it's a older woman, young girl, do they? It's no, which is very interesting because that is the dynamic that I have with my partner, and it's like most of the time if I bring that up around people, there's a, a lot less easier reaction to it. Mm. You know, if I you know were to bring up maybe that I had a daddy though, I think to most people, I think it would be kind of a, a wince at first or maybe like a little bit of, of cringe. Um, and I'm not really sure why that is, honestly. Yeah, but I experienced this on the podcast. You know, I did an episode about younger, how to date an older woman for like younger guys. And I did the opposite, like how to, an older guy can date a younger girl. And the, you know, the older man was seen as taking advantage of a young girl. You know, that, that was the key thing. Like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's not in control. Um, he's taking advantage of her. He's creepy. There's something wrong with him. He's sick. Whereas the older woman, she said some very controversial things, but it was like, good for her. She's so cool, banging all these young dudes. <laughs> and it, it is very odd. And it's funny because in society the more common dynamic is for a man to be older. It's like, that's normal, you know? And yet it's seen as creepy. It's normal, but creepy. It, it really is confusing because I feel like, um, like maybe the connotation surrounding DDLG specifically keeps other people from maybe looking into it who maybe don't fit, like, you know, being a daddy or being a little girl. Mm. Um, 
especially maybe non-binary people. But, you know, it's like there's options for that, too. Like, you don't have to fit a specific standard. You, yeah. you don't have to be small and thin to be a little. You don't have to be big and tall to be a dom. Um, it really just comes down to how you feel mindset-wise. Hmm. And do I like this? Does it intrigue me? Does it make me feel good? Um, does it make my partner feel good? Um, if your partner is involved. Um, but there's just something about the connotation where if it's an older man and a younger woman, then it automatically has to be something is wrong or something is potentially off or something like there's an advantage being taken of. Do you think the problem is that maybe it offends like both sides of the aisle? Cause like usually there's like the kind of Christian right or like the more, you know, feminist, anti-racist, everything left. And I feel like the lefties hate it because it's, like exaggerated traditional gender roles. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that might be a problem for a lot of people because you're like being hyper feminine, hyper, you know, pink, this, that. And, you know, it is where like you see submissive, they might see victim, you know. Um, now on the right, it's just like they think pedophiles are everywhere, you know. It's yeah. Like they're obsessed yeah. with pedophiles. Like everyone's a groomer, everyone's grooming, everyone. So it's like you, there's no one supporting. It is really interesting to see both sides kind of come together on one thing. Yeah, and this is the one, one thing that they choose. To. Um, because it's like I've seen like uh, leftist women be like, if you make or create porn, you should die. Wow. And it's like, I'm sorry. Like, like I, I, I'm never in a position to be like, I never tell like other people what to do with their lives because mm -hmm. it's just not my place. Um like, I'm not going to go up to, like, other women my age and be like, you should join OnlyFans because it's not my place. Now, if you come up to me and you're like, hey, I need advice, absolutely I have you. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, these these leftist women will be like, you know, porn is bad. If you watch porn, you're, like, ruining women. You're you're oppressing us. You're re-oppressing us by making porn for men to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, number one, I'm not just making it for men. I'm making it for everyone. Number two, I'm doing it willingly. I know what I'm doing. I, I enjoy what I do. I have fun doing it. Um, now, do I agree that some people maybe consume porn too much to the point where it's unhealthy? Absolutely. But moderation is everything with everything. Um, a lot of people drink too much coffee a day. That must be. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I, I understand the concern to a certain degree. And I understand the concern on like the right side of things where it's like, this could potentially like, you know, the, you people are pedophiles. Um, but it's sort well, they, of like well, they have these two family extremes. Values, it's like, they? just meet in the middle yeah. and look at it for a second. They have these family values. And for them, family values means protecting their children from everything that they don't like instead of just letting them find their own path. You know, it's... I, I do get it. Like, you know, I, I often think, like, if I had children, would I rather have, like, a son or a daughter? Like, which is the easiest to be? And I can't decide. And would I be open about my job? 
would I be open? Would I let them have free access to the internet? Or would I try and like micromanage everything, which they'll find ways around anyway, you know? Right. It's like, you got to let them just be, I think. But, A lot of people bring that up to me too. They're like, well, what are you going to do if you have kids? And it's like, okay, well, I'm 19, so I've got a minute. Yeah. Um, um, and two, it's like, it's kind of, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, because who knows, like by the time, if I have like a kid or not, if, if I'm still doing what I'm doing or if I've moved on to other things, I mean, I can't really say. Um, and it's fine for the Kardashians. Like, so, and Paris I Hilton, so. like, I mean, they're, they're, they're fine shoot. to make billions from, from porn, but <laughs> us average Joes just can't get away with it. And I'm not sure why. No. It's because you don't pretend um, that it was a leak. Maybe that's what I need to start doing. Yeah. Maybe that's the If you trick. pretend you were taken advantage of, then um, then you're the victim and you can make lots of money. But if you willingly do it, no. Nah. It's just, um, I, I really think at the end of the day, I think more people just need to kind of mind their business. I yeah. just really feel like that's how it is, you know? Um, like if you see something where it's like, I don't really agree with that scroll go yeah. meditate drink they some water though, because they like to watch they they all watch it they just like to criticize it's, they watch it but then it's like then they complain to me about watching it and it's like okay well <laughs> like wait do you want to watch it or you not want to watch it like do you do you need me to point you in the direction of some really good therapy like yeah, let me know especially with you because like the only way they would have found you is if they've been looking at your nudes so if they're complaining yes. to you it's like yes um now, do I think that most people on OnlyFans are really nice and most of them are, you know, courteous? Yes. Yeah. Um, most now, people in the world, actually. I've had a few oddballs. I've had a few really weird people. Um, and, you know, those are the days where I kind of sit and think and I'm like, huh. What kind of things? Uh, for example, I've had someone message me one time uh, and their entire profile was themed after Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and it was it was so weird because they like they paid for the subscription and then they messaged me uh the first sentence was German. Um so I'm like opening Google Translate cuz like I'm worried that this guy is like threatening me or something. And he's like I found your videos on a leak website but I came here to donate to charity. And it's like, whoa, 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 dude. Like, well, I mean, that's nice in a way. Like, like thanks. Like, I, I, I didn't block him, right? Because yeah. it's like, thanks for supporting my channel, even though, I mean, I guess you didn't have to if you found all this stuff on like a leak website. And also, can you send it to me so I can take care of it? Mm. Um, but it's like, there, there are just some weird people on the internet. Like, yeah. There are just some weird people on the internet. And you have to kind of, bulk up a little bit to dealing with those people because when they swing it it hurts yeah the problem is that most people are nice like 99.9 percent of the time like I, I live in hungary and like here we have real nazis like they're open about it too and like, i go to football matches and so you talk to them and you're talking to a really nice person you're like and then they'll start doing like Heil Hitler's in the middle of the football match. And you're like, why are they so nice to me? And like, oh yeah, because I'm white. But yeah, it, it's, it's like, really it's, hard, it's hard to understand. I'm Polish. Yeah. My yeah. family is Polish. 
um, on my on my dad's side. Mm. So it was like, like I do you not know? Do I have to tell you this? Yeah. Like, just weird people. It's like it, 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 you you can either be upset about it and let it kind of get at you, or you just let it roll off. Because if you hold on to those things, like if you hold on to that like one rude customer all day, mm. it, it it drains you. It really does because it, it makes you feel like, am I doing enough? Like, do other people hate me? Like, yeah. But um, I try to focus on the positive side of things and being like, okay, I'm sure I've made like at least one person come today, so I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a positive. Yeah, I think most people are really nice, and the bad part of them is usually ignorance rather than evilness. You know? Yeah, it's, for sure. Um. But yeah, let's get into something um, a bit more fun and finish on a positive. So um, I, we talked a lot about DDLG, and I think a lot of people maybe want to try it, but they're not sure how. And like, even me, like, um, it's like before I did this podcast, I tried so hard to find a DDLG relationship so um, I could talk about it more easily. But it was impossible. I got like deleted from dating sites i was getting blocked like girls are like what the hell that's sick <laughs> i was like okay oh, I'm sorry. No. yeah um and so yeah my reputation on dating sites is gone um i had to like open and you, when you get blocked from tinder it's hard to open another account i think you have to get like another entire An, new phone, phone don't you app store <laughs> everything so yeah my tinder's gone now um, no. So, like, how do you find a DDLG relationship? Um, is it something you actually actively look for, or is it something you have to introduce just with a normal partner? So, I like I said, I hate saying this so much, but I really think it depends. Mm. Um, because, like, you know, I came across my partner on Tinder. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I just got really lucky because, you know, they also do sex work. You know, they're also into yeah. the things that I'm into. Um, yeah. So I, was, I think part of it is luck. Or honestly. like maybe signals, like maybe I should have been looking for profiles with girls with plushies and then like. That seems to be a, a good take. That seems to be a good take. Um, I think I mentioned Animal Crossing too. Animal Crossing. I, I think so. What? I think so. If you see like at least one Hello Kitty, mm. I think you're good. Okay. So that they're the signals like play Animal Crossing. Plushies. For me, at least. Now, yeah. I, I don't want to offend anyone that also likes Hello Kitty and plays Animal Crossing as like vehemently against this. Yeah, we're, we're, so for me we're just trashing Animal Crossing's reputation right now. Their I share guess price so. just I guess dropped. So. I'm dirtying it. <laughs> yeah, I'm soiling it. Um, yeah. So, how, so how do you? Is there a way of finding? Because there is a community, I think. Right. There is a community. Um, it's just more so, uh, you know, since you know media and websites are a little bit iffy about it i think um places like discord can be really good if you know where you're looking um you know getting lucky on tinder i guess or maybe getting not so lucky sometimes yeah um going on instagram and looking through the tags if you can find them um talking to people you know and just real life and seeing if you can find someone where you think you know Hmm, like maybe. Mm. Um, but I really do think for the most part, it comes down to knowing what you want 
and what you prefer and figuring that out first, because that's the hardest part. Yeah. Um, you can't expect to take care of a partner if you don't know what your needs are first and what you prefer. Um, so I recommend that anyone that wants to like start out and get into it, whether you have a partner or not, is figure out your preferences first. What do you feel comfortable with? Like, mm. you know, do it's I so feel diverse, comfortable isn't it? giving rules? Do I feel comfortable giving punishments? Um, do I want to be um, a dom sometimes and a little some other times? A lot of people switch. That's oh, really? another thing. Um, you don't have to be one thing all the time. You know, mm. like there's just so much variation in it and how people, you know, put their own little personal aspects on it. Um, and I think that's just what really makes it interesting is that it's so personal and intimate. And of course, you know, there's the stereotypical presentation of how it is where it's like, you know, a little girl in like skirts and a, a big tall guy in a suit or something. Mm -hmm. But some days it's just, you know just smooching on the forehead and and you know cuddling it's not always like spanking and 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 dirty things i imagine dirty it things in a more, are fun yeah i imagine it in there. a much more caring way really like especially with the picture you painted sounds much more romantic even like yeah i something. think it's very intimate and i think it requires mm. you know you to be very in touch with both yourself and your partner just like with mm. any other bdsm aspect you know um and feeling comfortable and feeling safe. Yeah. Uh, and and what sort of like, because obviously like there's different things that people need to talk about. So like you talked about like rules and rewards and punishments. Um, like how do you set those? And like, could you give us some like, ideas of Yeah, of course. So one of my personal favorite things, and I've noticed a lot of littles like this, is sticker books. Mm. So, um, you know, setting tasks, whether they're, you know, um, you know, do your laundry, make sure you do this X, Y, Z. Um, and then, you know, either not meeting those, you know, rules, meaning spanking. Um, I really like spanking. I think that's probably like my top sexual punishment. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, sitting on rice, putting your knees on rice is one I've seen before because the rice, rice, I guess, is supposed to make it uncomfortable uh. when you lean onto it. Um, so really anything that you can think of that could be used as a punishment or like as a source of pain mm. uh, and normal BDSM play could be used in a, this dynamic as an instigator. Um, alternatively, you can also use pleasure or rewards to, you know, entice. Mm. Um whether that be like, hey, if you get all of these rewards, you know, um, you can get vibrator time, um, you can have an orgasm, you can get a special treat tonight, um, or, you know, we can watch your favorite cartoon, something like that. Mm. Um, so it can be so really simple, me, like, small things. It doesn't have yeah, to be like and it just kind of adds up to that overall kind of lifestyle like we were talking about earlier, where it's like, do you do these things throughout the day? Maybe just one day uh, out of the week that you try it, maybe once a week. Maybe twice a week, maybe once a month. Um, in a for way, for me, it's definitely a little bit more daily. Yeah, in a way, it sounds like um, this will sound nerdy, but it sounds like the gamification of like your sex life. You're like, um, it is a little bit. Yeah, like like those builder games on 
phones that just like give you the dopamine hits of like collecting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or losing a battle or something and you're like kind of incorporating that into your sex well not into your sex life into like your romantic life right so it's like a way yeah. of like in a way you're giving like more attention you've been more attentive like it's interesting it's like yeah i, I like the way you put that. it earlier where it was like D, you know like role-playing um, I don't play D&D. I play Gloomhaven, so I don't really know like the okay. full aspect of D&D, um, but I do play tabletop games. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if there's like a connotation between people who do like BDSM and tabletop games, but I feel like there's oh, it's huge, a, a I'm sure. very big part of the community that does both. Yeah, um, I think there's two types of BDSM. There's like the people that are really into it, and then there's everybody else who maybe incorporates aspects of BDSM into their sex life naturally and they don't have all the rules and etiquette. I think the BDSM community does it a lot better in terms of like safety um, and consent and like really pushing pleasure to like some unexpected places. Mm -hmm. But um, for most other people, I don't think, I think that's quite intimidating because there's so many rules. It's like, how do I even start, you know, and how do I not, make a mistake or feel stupid or, and i think i think that's another thing too is like it's okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. like you are going to make mistakes um you know you won't find things out for a little bit until you've done like research or dug into things personally i mean you know reading about it looking at podcasts um i mean even reaching out to porn stars and asking questions mm-hmm. um all kinds of resources at your dispensary um, you just have to know where to look for them and kind of get your hands dirty a little bit. Um, and I understand that that's like very scary at first, like reaching out to people and asking questions, especially about something so vulnerable and personal. But never once in my life have someone like approached me with a question about it. And I've been like, oh, well, you're annoying or this is like a dumb question. Mm-hmm. Never. I'm always like, I'm happy to help. If I can like find you other resources, like please let me know. Because there is such like a negative stigma around kink, mm-hmm. especially DDLG, where it's like, I want people to know that like it's really not that bad and that, you know, it helps a lot of people. And a lot of people use it in their relationships uh, knowingly and unknowingly too. I mean, even if it's just like, you know, uh, cuddling and watching cartoons at night, like you are using that ni- dynamic just a teensy bit, whether you know it or not. Mm. Yeah, I, I for me the whole thing sounds so wholesome. <laughs> At least it's like I can't especially having spoken to you, I can't imagine someone having a bad connotation of it because it sounds like a normal relationship only extra attentive, extra cuddly, mm-hmm. extra everything. Um plus you're both making loads of effort with clothes and scenarios and you're right. making so much time for each other. It's um like most relationships should aspire for that if anything um so yeah i get a really wholesome vibe from it Uh, on the practical side like maybe i'm just talking about myself but i think a problem that a lot of guys have with role play is getting into character like we Mm. often feel like cringe or like bursting out laughing when we say something um and guys are notoriously bad at dirty talk for example I think, because we're so basic sometimes. We're not as creative. We get embarrassed so easily, I think. Um, so, like, what kind of, how does, like, the talking work with, for the Daddy Dom, for example? Like, what kind of things can he say to, like, get the mood going or, like, create that 
environment? Uh, for beginners, I would definitely like recommend like learning to talk outside of sex mm. first. Because if you just like go right into it and like you're like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like wing something, right? Yeah. And then if you fumble, you're gonna feel extra bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of awkward, like, oh, well, maybe I don't want to try this again since you know I messed up so bad the first time. Um, but it's a lot easier if you approach the person that you're talking to like prior to sex just in a normal conversation and be like, are there any phrases that make you uncomfortable? Mm. Um, I personally, I don't really like being called baby girl. There's just something about it where it just feels kind of off to me. I just don't feel like it really sticks to me. Um, baby, perfectly fine. Um, little girl, fine. Uh, princess, 10 out of 10. Um, and it's the same with like, you know, titles as a as a dom as well because mm. it's like you don't just have to be daddy you can be master or sir or like you know mommy miss ma'am anything professor a personal preference you know yeah yeah i think names are important actually for getting into character um any other communication part is so important i think it's right just to maybe focus on the things that make your partner uncomfortable and not mm -hmm. say theirs right root those out yeah um okay i think we've gone through everything i, I was going to do like a separate myths part but i think we covered it all didn't we i'm more than happy to get back into it if you'd like see i just wanted to like um maybe we'll do it as like quick fire because that's quite fun so okay uh, we talked about some of these already um but i just think let's do like a bit of a myth busting section for people that have problems with DDLG. So um, first myths, DDLG is just sexualizing children. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Because um, again, it just goes back to, you know, it's two consenting adults or multiple, you know, whatever, one. As long as they're consenting adults, that's it. You know, consenting adults, safe, sane, done. And they're not children. <laughs> the first Yeah, and they're thing. not children. <laughs> Um, it's incest. Um, I, 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 I don't know how to explain this one because it just feels like it would be so obvious that it's not incest if you're having sex with someone that's not related to you. Yeah. Just this confusion um, over the word daddy, isn't it? Yeah. Cause it's like, I feel like you don't have to role play that you're related. Um, I think a lot of people maybe have to kind of like, they think that they have to do that where it's like, okay, I have to pretend that like you are my child. And mm. it's like, you don't necessarily have to do that. You don't have to, you know, yeah, and, it's and not that deep. And people should know that daddy is just a word of authority. Like, um, before it got uncool as a word, a lot of rappers had the word daddy in their name. Yeah. Not because they want to be everybody's parent. Um, okay. It's, it's just people with mummy and daddy issues. Now, I, I know this is kind of funny for me to say this because, you know, earlier I mentioned I do have yeah, those yeah. things. Um, but that being said, I also know plenty of people in the community who have perfectly healthy relationships with their parents. Mm. Um, do some people get into it because of trauma? Absolutely. But there's just the same amount of people that get into it with normal family, if not more. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, 
I just don't think anything's correlated or, yeah. Mm -mm. Um, okay, and the final one, this is my favorite. So people that are into DTLG just don't want to grow up and want to avoid responsibility. So I, I think this one is the funniest for me because um, this isn't my room. I've just decorated it for the uh -huh. setup with plushies. Um, but my room, if you go into it, it's a bunk bed. Um, I have pink stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. I have coloring books. Um, I'm really into miniatures. I love miniatures. I love doll houses. They're just so cool to me. Um, so my room is, is very pink and, and, and innocent and childish. Um, but it's like, also, if you go in there, I could be doing my taxes. Like I'm yeah. paying my bills. Like, you know, I'm, I'm being an adult. Like, it's not like I'm every day I'm, like, out in la-la land, like, escaping my problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just, you know, everyone escapes to a certain point, whether it be video games, whether it be scrolling on TikTok. Um, plenty of people just do things that make them feel comfortable and good. Um, and I think DDLG is essentially just that. It's something, you know, that you can participate in that could make you feel comfortable and good. Mm-hmm just like anything else and just like anything else it requires moderation and you know just being a, a you know a, an adult with common sense i feel is enough for that yeah i don't know if this is your experience but my experience with submissive people is like whether they're men or women or whatever is it's often the people with the most responsibility that enjoy being submissive the most it's um, true it's like the only adult baby I know is a CEO of quite a big company, and it's that's cool. Escape, that's so cool. You know, it's so it's he just likes to turn off and just have yeah. no responsibility at all. I think that's why my like preferred time is at night too, because you know that's when I kind of you know wind down and kind of mm. let myself relax. Um, because you know, um. I live with three people. I have, you know, my partner and two roommates, mm -hmm. uh, and I cook the most out of all of us. Nice. So, um, you know, it's, and I clean a lot too. Um, so it's like, you know, doing that, studying, working, things like that. Sometimes at the end of the day, it's like, I just want to not have any responsibility. I don't want to have to carry that like weight on my shoulders all day, just like a little break or reprieve, you know? Yeah, and your situation is absolutely the opposite because you have huge responsibility because you don't have, like you said, parents to take care of you anyway. So right, um, it's all on you. So I understand wanting that, you know, escape. Not escape, um, just something different. different. Yeah, just something to kind of relax and, you know, mm. take your mind off of the things of the day. Um and I think a lot of people just tend to think that maybe people overindulge in that, um, which does happen, unfortunately, like with, you know, every other indulgence, but. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can get addicted to Netflix somehow. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. Just doesn't mean you're lazy. Just maybe means you haven't found something better worth doing, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. I think. That's everything. But I think just to like wrap up, um, like, yeah, you've really like painted a good picture of DDLG for me. I, I honestly thought, like, even though I went in with an open mind, I thought it was going to be more controversial and there were going to be things that 
make me wince you know like i think mm-hmm. oh is that good you know should that be okay because but honestly everything you said just sounds so wholesome so healthy as a relationship that i just find it really hard to believe that someone could disagree with a dtlg relationship once they right. understand what's involved because it sounds like how a relationship should be in many ways like mm-hmm. Like, I wish my previous relationships had that much care and attention in them, right? Oh. Like, no, I mean, some of them have, but not all of them, right? So it's, it sounds very idealized as a relationship. Like, um, maybe some of it's acting and not quite real, but um, that's a nice thing to act. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And- I think just people get caught, you know, kind of on how they perceive it as first because they don't understand it. Um, mm. And it's like... I don't expect people to like go out and jump right into it. Yeah. Um, I just kind of want people to not fear it, I suppose, or like think that it's like inherently just a bad thing. Cause it's not, I mean, I enjoy it. I, I think it benefits my relationship uh, incredibly. And I think it, you know, does the same for plenty of other people. And I mm-hmm. think that right there is worth something. Yeah. I would try a DDLG relationship, but. Like, more importantly, like, I think having spoken to you, I'll probably incorporate some elements into mm. my normal relationships because, like, why can't I just reward a partner for something nice? You know, when she does yeah. something good, reward her, you know? It's kind of obvious. It's fun. Yeah, I think it's a really lot of fun. people forget that it's supposed yeah. to be fun and kind of playful. Yeah. Um, you know, they just, they're, because it's BDSM, it's got to be dark and it's got to be scary. Yeah, and it doesn't um, even have to be codified. I think so many no, elements no. can be incorporated without even thinking about them too much. Right. So yeah, that's probably what I'll be doing. And um, and what about you? Do you have any like plans for the future? Like, um, will you be doing anything on your OnlyFans or? Um. I definitely would like to have like a setup in one of the areas I have in my room. I got this like little princess tent mm-hmm. and I think it's so cute. Um, the issue is I'm trying to figure out how I can film in it because the opening is kind of small. Mm. Um, but I think it's just such like a cute little set. Um, yeah. And I would love to make use of it. I just f- got to figure out how I can make it work. Yeah. And do you want to tell people where they can find you and like how to get in touch? Um, you can find me on OnlyFans at Pixie Berry, Berry spelled with an I-E at the end. Um, and you can find me on Reddit under the same username. Uh, and that's really the only two places that I, I'm on. Yeah, you're kind of a little bit hidden, I must admit. I know. Um, a lot of the promoting that I do is internally on OnlyFans, like with other models and stuff. Mm. Um, just because I kind of like that security of like, you know these people already are kind of used to being on OnlyFans. They know, like, you know, what's expected, like, how it's going to go down. Um, and then, you know, of course, I get people in from my Reddit who are new to OnlyFans and maybe need, like, a little bit more um, time and explanation on how the site works. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's, like, my two big groups, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, because I see, like, the engagement you get on your Reddit posts, and it's huge. Yeah, like, it's a lot. I just keep thinking, like, why isn't this girl like everywhere yeah it's um i know i tell people my like reddit following a lot and they're like why are you not making more money and it's like 
well, number one, that's not like my biggest priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, it requires an immense amount of energy to like post every day and make content yeah, every yeah. day, especially with chronic illness and working and studying mm-hmm. on top of that. Um, so I think that also kind of um, maybe hinders my publicity. But yeah. I'm I'm very happy with all the people that I have right now because it's like it's more than I could have ever imagined of of reaching. I mean, if you had told me, you know, back when I first started Reddit, like, hey, you're going to reach almost like 100k followers, I'd be like, you're you're shitting me, like you're lying to me. Um, you're so humble, but yeah, it's just it's so interesting to me because it's like I was such a dorky person growing up, like I never really like thought I would end up in a situation where it's like okay people like are scared to talk to me like people are like nervous to talk to me it's so, like I never want anyone to feel like that because it's like you know no please don't be dude. like no yeah. person talk to me so that's why people like you so much because like um you're very beautiful and thank you <laughs> um but it's like you don't quite believe it yet you know <laughs> so you're very humble and you just like people it, it makes people mad I've had like people get mad at me mm-hmm. Um, before when you know like they compliment me and I'm like oh you know like thanks I guess I don't really agree with you but like thanks and they're like no no you can't say that I'm like I'm sorry yeah no it's interesting but so much of like beauty is just self-perception isn't it and like as the confidence increases you Mm -hmm. know it can be bad as well like if your ego gets too big it can not be the best look but I don't think you have anything to worry about (laughs) (laughs) thank <laughs> you um but yeah so thanks so much for coming on the show and yeah, yeah i learned a lot and definitely destroyed some of my stereotypes and preconceptions so. well i'm glad like i said my my whole kind of thing is you know not wanting people to like be scared or like you know yeah, we are feel so like approachable and so such a bad thing chill. you know like I, I don't want it to be scary i want it to be accessible because mm-hmm. the idea that it could help just one person, maybe with their relationship or how they feel about themselves, or even just discovering something about your sex life, I, you know, that's, like I said, that's worth something to me. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. So thanks so much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a really good time.